DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. We are joined now by Booby Hobbs, the former Utah defensive back. He joins us on the Sprint special guest line. Sprint makes it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit Sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Booby, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for coming on with us. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. So uh, you uh, were quoted extensively in Chris Camrani's uh, story uh, in The Athletic, and it was all about uh, Morgan Scalley, your interactions with him, other players as well, and uh, talked about their interactions with him. And uh, I was intrigued by what you had to say because uh, you didn't exactly – Embrace the premise. You had a nuanced view of what you wanted to say, and some of it was positive and supportive, but some of it was negative, and there were some bad experiences mixed in there. So I'm curious if you can kind of share those with our audience. Well, I think that um, I think that, uh, like you said, it was good experience. It was bad experiences, but. Um, a lot of those bad experiences, uh, I wouldn't just say were just racial, you know, like um, he definitely wasn't the type of guy to walk in a room and say inward, 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 inward. No, nah, he wasn't that guy. He wasn't a racist like that. Maybe he was prejudiced and, um, in some ways, you know, maybe at, at a time. Uh, people of my color are Polynesian sometimes would feel uncomfortable around him because he might say something that's out of pocket and sometimes we don't know. But to say he's a, you know, like a racist guy, I mean, I wouldn't say that, you know, and I don't say that, you know. So um, it's just a bittersweet topic, Um like you said, man, I'm more so on accountability. You just have to be accountable. You know, like what you said was wrong, just be accountable. I don't think no man should lose his job. A man have a family, you know, and things like that. Before as my personal experiences, I mean, it was just, you know, coach and player. You know, um, I don't feel no hate, definitely. Never, ever felt hate, never felt... Um, never disrespected any coaches um, my whole four years. So, like I said, we did, it was just, you know, a bittersweet thing. You know, we agreed to disagree a lot. You know, um, a couple of things he said didn't sit well with me, and we've always had to talk about it. You know, and, and it was always a way we can get it resolved. But to say he's a racist and just come in the room and just, you know, to have such hate for, you know, African-American people. Nah, I wouldn't say he's that. This was a story that was 3,500 uh, 3, words, which that in journalism, that's a long story. And I bring this up because there's a lot of stuff in the story, and it was so well done. But the, you had a quote in it that I thought that might have been the most powerful, and it's a simple quote, and it makes a lot of sense when you think about it, and it just said simply, as far as Morgan, quote, doesn't know his own ignorance. And when really, when you think about it, 
that is a, a lot of the core that is out there in society, not just college mm-hmm. football, University of Utah. I mean, how do we know if I'm treating Booby Hobbs right or wrong? Well, if I don't know it, how do I know how to correct it? I mean, I, that, that, that statement that you made I thought was so powerful, doesn't know his own ignorance, because if we knew our mm-hmm. ignorance, we can improve upon it. How do you think that, just generally speaking, in these situations, because this is a lot, uh, goes on a lot in sports, where you have mm-hmm. a person who's an authority figure trying to interact and teach and coach a lot of group of folks that are of a different race. And so how can we as a society, do you think, or in a college football, overcome our own ignorance to be able to treat guys like you who come up from Louisiana to Salt Lake City better the way they should be? Right. Well, I think it's more so on the will to want to be a better person. I mean, see, me and Scally had so many personal talks which is why I guess I was so voiceless. We had so many personal talks, and there would be times, you know, like, Coach, this didn't sit well with me. You know, not saying, hey, you're racist, but this just didn't sit well with me. And me coming from where I come from, uh, I didn't grow up around a lot of, you know, you know, like white people, Caucasian. I didn't grow up around it, so when I got to college, it was a new world. So if it were things that I needed to learn, like I was learning about LDS and I was for the first time being around Polynesians. So what I had to learn was their culture. What I had to learn was to be more transparent. And I knew that because I was growing up into a young man. So for a young man to talk to his coach, hey coach, certain things don't sit well with me. You know that. And it will be time after time, not saying it was blatant, not saying that it was, you know, uh, spiteful, but where were your growth? Where did I see you grow at when it came down to being a better person towards people like me? And I think that's where it was, you know, a lot of people like me and not just because I'm uh, black, just people like me with my attitude, with my, with my, with my demeanor, you know, if you, I'm still a player you're still my coach, and you have to find out what's going on with me as a player. You, you know, I'm I'm your player, you know, and I was – at times, you know, it would get rocky, like, hey, you know, uh, we just, you know, don't see eye to eye. You know, but far as it – like I said in the beginning, as far as it being blatantly racial, it never was it. You know, it would be sometimes he don't know he offended, you know, and I would tell him I was offended by that. You know, and he may come off, he may be in coach's mode and come off and be like, you know what, you're softer, you're, you're emotional, you got to get over it, you got to take constructive criticism, you know. And with me, that was never was the case. I mean, I come from a predominantly black school where we had black coaches telling us all kind of ignorant stuff. I mean, we come from a very urban area, you know, so as far as constructive criticism, it never made me feel uncomfortable. Although, when I didn't know if it was racial or prejudice or, you know, because I'm, I'm a young kid, I did take offense. I, we come from two different worlds. I've always told Scally that ever since I've got to Utah. Coach, we come from two different worlds. Your judgment, your judgment hurt worse because you don't know where I come from. 
you know, so it's like, please understand me before you make judgment, you know. So that's yeah, just, I got you, you know, what it was. Booby Hobbs joining us, former Utah defensive back. He is quoted extensively in Chris Kimrani's story uh, in The Athletic. Uh, one thing that you hit on several times was about second chances. Where's the second chance? Where's the forgiveness? Did you feel like second chances and forgiveness was doled out evenly? Um, as far as Scali's sake or my sake? I, I both. I was thinking, uh, although actually I was thinking more to the pro, in the program, because Morgan, as a defensive coordinator, has a big say in what's going on in the program. Is it doled out in the program, specifically with Morgan, but generally in the program, to players, whether they're, you know, regardless of their race or their religion or uh, what class they're in, you know, freshman or senior or whatever? Did you feel yeah. that was fair? Because what, I kind of thought that you, going through it, that you didn't think that it was handled fairly, but you didn't say that specifically. So I was curious if I was reading that right. Um, so, uh, I don't want to see a man lose his job and I don't want to see Scally lose it. I mean, after reading that article, you know, and seeing like that was my coach, you know, I don't want to see nothing bad happen to him, no matter how angry I, I may feel towards him at times. I don't want to see that happen. Now I'm a I'm a very forgiving person, and Utah is my home. You know, um, I was granted a second chance, mind you. My second chance was very painful, very stressful, and I brought it amongst myself. And I knew that, you know, whatever the case may be, I'm not going to get into that. But I was awarded a second chance, and I was grateful of that second chance. I didn't know. I was going to get a second chance, and that's why I was always saying accountability, accountability. Because Scotty told me when, hey, Boogie, whenever I messed up, I had to be accountable. I couldn't make an excuse. I tried my best not to make an excuse, whether that's, hey, you know, Coach, I didn't have enough sense of urgency today. I was late. I didn't have enough. You know, instead of Coach, I was late, man, my alarm clock didn't go off. It's just all about accountability now. It was something that you said that was that that, that got the public's eye, Coach Scally. Now, just be accountable. No, I don't want to say, Coach, you're just a racist. Hey, you hated me. No, I know guys that hated you. No, I'm not going to do that. But just be accountable. And I feel that he will get a second chance. I feel that a second chance is, you know, reasonable. Like, you know, at this time with the whole George Floyd thing going on, you got a lot of angry black people, you know, that are just angry. So as as of this time, you know, for, for for you to be in the media for that specific reason, you just have to be accountable. You know, just be accountable. Hey, you made a mistake. We all know. We all know you didn't mean it because uh obviously it's not something that you would just put on Twitter. You know, so we all know you didn't mean it. You know, you know uh, my biggest question in this whole thing was who was um, who was even receiving the racial slurs? You know, who was who? You know, like if if, if it was a 
a mistake that happened, who was you mistakenly sending a racial slur to? You know, because it was tons of black people on the team at Utah. You know, which is why I say, hey, man, just be accountable. Because you got angry black people that, that, that can't take it that way. But just be accountable for your actions. And a second chance, you know, will be awarded. And I think he deserves a second chance. He's the best football mind I've ever been around. He's the best coach far as teaching me the game I've ever been around. You know, high school, college, NFL, CFL, AFL, XFL. He was the only coach who simplified the game to the point where it was easy. So I don't want to see his career diminished. You know, but as of now, just be accountable. There's a lot of black, angry people, you know, and not trying to give us, you know, hey, it's all about us. But, you know, just at the, it's, a, it's a sensitive moment. Had I came out and said something that didn't sit well with the Mormon society, I will feel deeply in sorrow and I will accept that because, you know what? I messed up and I see that. Let me grow. Give me a second chance. It's possible and it will happen. It's not the end of the world, you know. Yeah, well said. Appreciate that. One of the things that I enjoyed watching you play, one of the reasons why I enjoyed watching you play is that when you'd make a play or your team would make a play, you were very emotional and demonstrative mm-hmm. out on the field. And you'd express yourself that way through your jubilance of emotion when things went well. And it was always fun to see a young man be excited about how he played and how his team played, and I enjoyed that stuff. Do you believe that college players, whether it be at Utah or wherever, uh, are allowed to th- express themselves if it's a little bit different than what maybe some folks are used to. Um, see that 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 was a bit of a problem, but I think that's what I think that's what growing as a coach means. You know, um, Scally asked me plenty of times my four years there, uh, what could I do as a coach? What could I and mine was always the same every time he asked me, hey, coach, understand where we come from, understand us. Coach, I'm a seventeen year old kid. I would dive through a brick wall if you told me to. But I'm not gonna dive in a brick wall if I think you don't respect me as a black man or respect my culture or where I come from. I won't do it. And I think that's where we were at. You know, uh, I come on the field, I'm dancing. Yeah. You know, I, everything I did for me was to get me into the game. I was already coming into football with with a downfall. I was undersized. And, coach, and being in high school, I didn't know that I was really undersized. When I got to college, they were like, you're undersized. Scally let me know that a lot. So... I found other things to kind of get me in tune. You know, I found other ways to try to get in my opponent's head. And it was like, Scally was like, you know, that's not my football. That's not what I'm, but it's like, cool, this is where I come from. This me, you know, like, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Hey, I'm not trying to say I'm doing it my way. Never, ever in my career was a me guy. Even when I wanted to be, I couldn't be a me guy. It just don't sit well with me, you know, but, that would be my only thing with Scott. Coach, we come from two different... I play the game different. You know, uh, or I play the game with this swagger. Uh, uh, I feel like this way. I want to listen to this music. I don't think no one 
should be judged off of how they interpret the game, how they approach the game. I don't care if a, if a, if a Polynesian player wants to play reggae, if a white player wants to play country, hey, that's everyone's choice. You know, I would never say, if I'm a coach, I would never say to a player, hey, you know, stop dancing or stop that. You know, if it gets you into the game, you know, be yourself. You know, uh, always want to be yourself. I mean, there was times where, you know, we had, me and Scally personally had way more laughs than bad. You know, I would say the laughs outweigh the bad. You know, um, before as players just expressing them and expressing their culture, I think that was learned at Utah by them being in the Pac-12. They were getting so, such talent each year, such good talent each year, that, hey, now you're getting a lot of good players that come from these rural areas. You're getting a lot of good players that didn't grow up around diversity. You know, and a lot of my players know I would always say, man, I never – really played with white people on my team growing up in the area I did. So when I got to do it, it was so movie-ish. It was so like, man, I, like, I don't see what the world, why is the world like this, you know? But that was me having to learn everybody's side. I had to learn, you know, I just had to learn. Uh, if, it was, if I felt the way with my Polynesian players, hey, man, I'm going to take some time out of football to come and learn you guys' culture. You know, I even got a uh, a piece of um, tribal tatted on me just because I've learned their culture and because I was so willing to learn. You know, I had great experiences with my um, white teammates that I did things I never thought I would do, and I loved it, you know. So, you know, it's just that learning everybody's culture, learning everybody's background, and really wanting to improve as a coach. Booby Hobbs joining us, <clears throat> former Utah defensive back. Uh, you mentioned you read the article, and I think whenever you do this, and I haven't talked to Chris about this yet, but whenever you do this, you're trying to make sure you can't talk to everybody. And as PK said, 3,500 words, that's a lot of words. This is a long story. And you're trying to make sure you represent a lot of different perspectives inside the programs. Since you, inside the program, since you lived inside the program and you know a lot of guys, do you think the story got a lot of the different perspectives that you know existed inside the team? Um, I think it touched on topics that needed to be touched. Because, um, I mean, like you said, I mean, I was with Scally four years, so when I heard it, I just wanted to let it process to me. You know, and, um, you got to draw the line between you know, coaching and disrespecting a player. You know, like, you got to draw the, like, hey, coach, you want me to be competitive? You're going to say things that's going to get me. That's great. But as a coach, you got to draw the line between knowing what to say, how to say it, and who to say it to, because that matters. Now, we got a lot of players who were, coming from diverse areas so they can understand what you're saying better. Scally, they, they, they can be numb to it. But for a person like me to not, to not see a person like you in my neighborhood, when I, whatever I'm expecting to hear from you, I'm all ears because I, you, you can come from where I'm from. Maybe you see the world different. Maybe you can, you know, so and for you to 
say or coach the way you coach, it just, you know, alter it a little bit, you know. Um, as far as the story, the story, I felt like the story touched every base that needed to be touched. Everybody is going to have their own personal experiences. Um, I think a part of it were 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 um, just a little bit overboard, you know, because he's not just a bad guy, but you know, it touched on things that needed to be touched on at this time. I believe that. Well, Booby, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for coming on and uh, sharing your thoughts uh, on the story. You know, I appreciate you guys for having me, man.